Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Greg Talks. I am your host, Greg, and today we have a special guest joining us today. She is the CEO of a company called the STEM Collaborative, a company that focuses on STEM from an artistic perspective. She is also the founder of a social media brand called Jazz Maven that focuses on connecting you with the right people within your network. And she is also known as the Dancing Rocket Scientist. Everyone, please welcome Miss Jasmine Sadler. Hi, good to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us. So today I would just like to ask you a few questions in regards to your career and some of the things that inspired you, as well as what you're doing in regards to your company now. So to start off, could you please tell us a bit about yourself and your journey from being a quality engineer to now being a CEO of a STEM company? Yeah, sure. So I actually like to take it a little bit further back, um, a little bit about me. I'm from Detroit originally, and mm -hmm. I realized I was pretty good in math and science in high school. Started tutoring my own classmates in algebra in middle school, and then around my senior year, junior year, when I had to decide on a major in college, I had to decide between dance and engineering because I always grew up dancing my whole life and I loved that just as much as engineering. I ended mm -hmm. up deciding on engineering and I was on a hip hop dance team while I was oh. in college. So that's where I kind of got the right side of my brain and the left side of my brain both focused there. Um, because I don't think I would have graduated in aerospace engineering had I not been still dancing while I was in college. Um, it's part it's part of me, and that's why I do everything that I do with STEAM, because the arts is equally as important to STEM for me and for a lot of people that are like me. And um, so then from there, went to University of Michigan, studied four years for aerospace engineering, also studied abroad in Hong Kong, got a math minor and had several internships, mostly through the National Society of Black Engineers and the mm. conventions and um, served on the, on the board, served on the regional board and served on the conference planning committee for NSB. Okay. So I had an with uh, GE Aviation or aircraft engines, designing some of the, the components there in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. Also had internship with GE Energy with their windmills in South okay. Carolina. Um, internship with Northrop Grumman, a military defense contractor in San Diego. And that was my first exposure to San Diego. Um, then studied abroad in Hong Kong. And then my first job when I got out of school was in Indianapolis, Indiana with another defense contractor. And so that's where I started in just like a logistics specialist. So that was really in charge of um, finding out the failures of things that were going on and preventing those from happening in the future. And then at a, actually at a Nesby convention, I was walking around speaking to some people that I had met at a previous conference and they invited me to interview. And I was really just there as a regional board representative, making sure everybody was good. And they invited me to interview at the conference. So always be prepared, always have your resume handy. And then a few interviews later, I end up in San Diego, and I've been here for eight years, and it was, it's just been life-changing. I've, I've grown, had my own community here, started my own company almost six years ago now, and it's really in getting Black kids and girls interested and exposed to STEM from an artistic perspective, so... I do that by dancing, 
and showing some of the physics concepts that are tied to it. I love math and tutoring in math still. And then I do presentations and uh, workshops in the classroom too. Awesome. It definitely seems that you were extremely always on the ball in college and continue to always be very prepared uh, from that point onward. Um, I definitely like the fact that you touched on uh, the preparation piece because that's also something that my mother um, and other mentors of mine have continually told me to be focused on as far as like having your business cards and having your resume ready to go and things of that nature. So yeah, so that's that's actually a, a very good point. Like yes, always be prepared, but then always have a plan or something that you want to accomplish and have that in in the front of your mind. Of uh, you know, when you go to the career fair, I'm leaving here with a job. You know, a lot of people may go into a career fair just saying, you know, if if something happens or if I happen to you know make a connection with the company but it's like you know it definitely got to the point where I'm like I'm not leaving here without an interview on site right um, because, right because then they give offers on site when you interview on site so mm -hmm. things like that but then just being able to prepare yourself so that when that opportunity comes along then you don't have to scramble for it so exactly like how mine was when I'm running into somebody I know, asking them if they want water, and then come to find out they want me to interview. Mm -hmm. um, just being able to still have my resume already available. I already had some printed out just in case, even though that wasn't the plan. And being able, you know, I didn't even really bring a suit. Well, I ended up bringing a suit, but it was still like, you know, I was not planning to interview at all right. and um, ended up, you know, just, I mean, actually, I was planning to go to graduate school and get in my MBA at that point. But it, I ended up, you know, bringing the suit, bringing some resumes just in case and yeah, being prepared. But then also, uh, so when those opportunities come, then you can really strike on them. Exactly. Uh, speaking back towards your college experience, what were some of your biggest uh, struggles in college and how did you overcome them? Oh, college was so fun. <laughs> I loved high school, but college, the main difficult part in college was the academics. It was um, just getting good grades, especially learning how to study was probably the main thing that I needed to do. And so just a little bit also about some of the past. I loved math, ended up taking the AP Calc exam in high school. So I placed out of Calc 1 went straight into Calc 2, mm -hmm. and then did Calc 3 second semester. And then that summer, before sophomore year, I actually took a, the differential equations class at a community college. Mm -hmm. So I was done with all of my math prereqs by the end, by the time I went back for my second year. And so, so um, going straight into Calc 2, it was difficult um, going from like Calc 1 where you have this whole long year of learning calculus and then you take this exam compared to uh, figuring it out in a semester, figuring out how to study, welcome week on campus, meeting new friends, moving mm -hmm. into a dorm, away from your family, feeding yourself yeah. healthy food, <laughs> you know, all the things that, that come with just being a normal college student, but mm -hmm. then you also have the point of being Black at a predominantly white university, have um, been a woman 
in a space that doesn't have a lot of women. So it's just um, a lot of other things, life experiences that make being just a college student difficult. And then adding on to that, figuring out how to study. And that was probably the hardest thing for me. I learned for me, I had to study in like complete silence. So there was a kind of a library space in my dorm called the morgue. That's what everybody called it. Like (laughs) dead silent in there. When Mm -hmm. you come in, if you creak too loud, opening the door, people look at you crazy. And that's where I did my best studying. Um, Also learned later on, I I like to add a little jazz, like classical music Mm -hmm. too. Um, But complete silence was, was good for me. And then probably the main study tip that really worked for me probably like junior, senior year was Mm -hmm. to teach yourself the lesson and try to do all the homework before you actually have a lecture on that lesson, Mm -hmm. which is difficult to stay ahead because, you know, you're really just trying to get the homework done by the day it's due. And so Mm -hmm. be able to try to do that homework before you even get taught in lecture. So then when you go to the lecture and they're teaching you the different concepts, then you can be like, the, the things that you had questions on when you were doing the homework, now you can ask those questions in front of the whole lecture hall if you want. And those are the kids that everybody's looking like, how do you know that already? Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, oh yeah, so I kind of went through something like this. And so you have a very specific question that you need help understanding instead of just sitting there in the lecture. So that's the main advice that I'd have in college, try to do that homework before you even get taught it in the lecture ask the part that you got stuck on, ask that part in the lecture. Um, your teacher will love it. <laughs> your, your professor will love it. Your classmates will be jealous, unfortunately. And then you can get your homework done right after that lecture is done and turn it in. And so it's really, but it's really hard to actually do in, in practice to get that to that point where you're finishing the homework before you even have it. So it's easy to say, but that's the best the best feeling in the world, the best, I mean, you just learn everything a whole lot better that way too. Yeah, that's really awesome advice. Um, I know for me, uh, I'm kind of similar. Uh, I have to have like little to no noise uh, for studying. Personally, like when it comes to like music and stuff, I, I sometimes say like music sometimes helps, uh, helps me to focus. Like jazz music and classical are probably the best I would say, um, similar to, to you, but, uh, yeah, I, I would definitely say that I agree with that being like the best way to stay on top of your studies. Uh, now my next question, um, is kind of going back to you mentioning that, uh, you being of course uh, a black woman in a field that isn't super diverse. So my question is, uh, can you share a time when you dealt with an equity and inclusion issue in regards to yourself or the people you were working with? Oh, that's fun. There are several. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, the the thing that got the hardest, um, being being an engineer, entry-level engineer, where you're kind of like harmless and in your mm-hmm. own corner trying to like just do a good job, um, that's kind of the easy part. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, and you know, just even trying to get promoted and asking your boss, like, can you please promote me this month? You know, that kind of gets tough. But then it was, since you asked about equity and inclusion, uh, 
I was part of the employee resource group. So definitely be interested mm -hmm. in companies that have that because it shows that to some extent they have a level of understanding that of the importance of diversity and inclusion. Mm -hmm. And so I was, I actually started one um, at my first job because there wasn't one. And then when I came to my next job, I was very, very instrumental in, in that group. So we would go as an employee resource group to NSBE Convention to recruit um, black students into the company. Mm -hmm. But then we'd also do a lot to try to retain African-American employees at the company that we were at. So um, ended up in meetings with the president of the company, vice presidents of the company, planning a summit so that uh, the leaders of all of the employee resource groups can meet with the directors and above for the company. So those are some of the things that I did for diversity, equity, and inclusion. But then the hard part or the, the challenging time was when it came time for my performance appraisal. And then you have to type in everything that you did for the year and basically try to sell yourself to mm -hmm. the boss that you should um, get a promotion or or even just sometimes you're really just fighting that you get a ranking of that you exceeded expectations because that ranking follows you through all of your jobs. So if, if you're not going to give me more money, at least give me that you know kind of ranking. And right. so after meeting with the president of the company, bringing all of like the, the African-American employee resource group leaders in the boardroom on the third floor with the president and vice president, I put that on my performance appraisal and my mm -hmm. boss told me that doesn't give you any extra credit. Like, because what this performance appraisal is on is on your job and how well you did as an engineer and not oh. all of this other stuff. So that was um, mm -hmm. a really tough time. <laughs> um, that was, yeah, that was one of the times I cried at work and it just that made me feel like all of the efforts that I was putting in, all of the you know, progress we were making of like hiring people who looked like us um, was just worthless. Um, so that was probably, a, a, well, definitely one of the, the toughest times at work where it was a, a big challenge to navigate that space and uh, feel like I was valued. And so, of course, the president and the higher ups of the company were very, very supportive, but then the direct manager is not always supportive because at the end of the right. day, they have their goals and they involve the work that I do. And so mm -hmm. I ended up leaving the field in about after about 10 years working as an engineer. And, you know, that was part of the reason of it. And then part of it was like, instead of me fighting this fight within this company, let me start a company that'll get more kids to be like us. So, you know, the more that we can start this pipeline, the, the more students we can have in this pipeline to eventually be engineers. And it won't be so weird when they're actually at a company like that or forget that a company like that, that, you know, maybe I don't even want you to work for a company like that. I want you to start your own company that does have that diversity, inclusion and equity embedded mm -hmm. in the company that you start. Yeah, I definitely think uh, you made the right choice i think in going off on your own to start your own thing i, I think honestly um just anybody uh that's african-american or or um any group should like take it into their take action into their own hands though and, and make something that isn't there and that's what i love about entrepreneurship though is that it gives us the opportunity to uh create something out of 
nothing essentially. And I'm really glad that you stuck through and, and continued to progress, you know, and give opportunities to, to others uh, that might be interested or, or, or looking for an avenue to uh, take their interest further. Um, I know you mentioned that uh, you were heavily into dance and th this was one of the things that when I first heard of you intrigued me because um, I'm an artist in a few different things myself and uh, I really like to play music and I really like to draw like those are some of my other passions besides being heavily uh, interested in science and engineering. Um, but my question is, how did you deal with the pressure of people telling you that when you were pursuing engineering in college that there isn't really room for arts in, in like the engineering or STEM fields? Because I get that question a lot. Yeah, yeah it, it gets kind of tough. I don't think too many people along my life have really told me I can't do something <laughs> because mm -hmm. they, know, they know me. But it's... Uh, yeah, for me, it was like when I was in high school and I had to decide, do I want to major in dance or major in math? Because they were both that important to me. Um, for me, I was like, well, being an engineer is a lucrative career. It's a professional degree once you graduate. You can make a lot of money doing it. Um, and then dance, if I break a pinky toe, then I'm out. <laughs> you know, that career is kind of over. So that's why I wanted to always like be an engineer but still be able to dance whenever I wanted to or dance on the side or still have that outlet. And so for the time, the entire time, you know, that I'm working, I had to figure out those outlets on my own. And, mm -hmm. uh, and so also a big part of that is learning outside of the school system. So I learned how to be an engineer through the summer programs, through the after school programs I was in, through weekend programs. And the same thing with dance. I learned how to dance at a dance school outside of school until high school. You know, high school was the first time that I actually danced while I was in school. And so that to me showed the importance of um, out of school resources. And so that's the space that I function in now with my company is that I'm not really in the school system and doing things, you know, as part of a curriculum or part of class, especially, you know, a lot of arts budgets got cut in the country. And so yeah. that's, so I function outside of the school system. And, you know, that's, that, that realization took time for me to even understand that, you know, what made me want to be an engineer wasn't anything that happened in school. And what made me want to be a dancer wasn't anything that happened in school. So to be able to provide that to students now, that's what I, what I do. What I do now is that it's outside of school time. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. For me, I, um, that's kind of like my, my approach to things like when it comes to like drawing and music, like, Fortunately, my, my mother uh, um, cultured me in a, like a lot of different music at a young age, and I picked up the piano and am pretty decently proficient at it now. And same thing with <laughs> oh yeah, I see the keyboard in the back there. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So I'm proficient at like piano now, and uh, same thing with drawing. Uh, my father, he was a sketch artist back in his youth. And I also picked up that skill as well. So I decided um, through watching things like anime and just um, getting art books and stuff that I was just going to keep honing my skill. And, you know, I, I sketch a lot now, though, and 
I think it will come in handy uh, when I eventually get into my career as a bioengineer in the industry. Um, my next question would be for you, uh, how do you handle failure? Um, and like, what steps do you take to kind of like combat the, sh combat your shortcomings? Yeah, that's a good question. So <laughs> how to handle failure, um, don't dwell on it too long. I think that's probably the, the biggest part of it um, because, you know, all things work together. So everything that is a part of you, so even that art side of you, uh, it all comes back around. It all makes sense. And so I didn't realize this until I was like 30 that um, <laughs> everything that you've done in your life is for a reason. And so for me, I always thought the reason that I majored in aerospace engineering was so that I could be a really good aerospace engineer. And it had nothing to do with that. It's the reason that I majored in aerospace engineering is so that I can tell kids, black kids, little girls, black girls, that they can also major in aerospace engineering and work as an aerospace engineer, be successful, and do all of those things. And so if I would have never graduated in it, then I couldn't tell anybody else that. And so to think that me majoring in aerospace engineering was to be a great aerospace engineer, that's not necessarily true. And so all of the experiences that you have, all the failures that you have, um, usually kind of wake up something else in you. And it, it just makes you a wiser person overall where you can talk about that experience and even testify and right. you know, saying that this is the bright side that came out of it so when people you know lose their job or get laid off the bright side of it is that they're forced to be innovative and start something that the failure and not being prepared for COVID to to come about is like a lot of companies are now switching to online um, I know at one job that I was at, you know, I asked my boss, could I uh, work from home when they were starting a work from home policy. And so, and then this is when I was in school, um, getting my master's in business. So I was in school two nights a week, living 30 minutes from work, driving, you know, all this stuff, having 10 page papers due like every week. And I asked my boss, you know, it would just be so much better if I could just work from home. And I was told no. And so, um, so it was just interesting now that we're in this space that, you know, something that he told me was impossible to do. It's impossible for you to do your job from home. Now has to happen from home. Right. You know, and so things like that where, um, you know, people think that it's a failure, but it's really just an opportunity to look at, look at things differently and set yourself up in a better way. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you that it's um, important to see things from other perspectives. Um, a core value of mine, and this is going to kind of get into like my last question for you, is uh, being open to growth. Um, and that has like aided me. Um, and I imagine it's aided you in being able to see the grass on the other side is greener. And that even if like something you do doesn't always, um, isn't always up to snuff, that there's always like another avenue or another positive outlook you can take to, to, uh, to utilize. Um, but getting into my final question for you uh, this afternoon is, what are your core values and what advice um, would you give to college students who are uh, trying to uh, be successful in the STEM field 
and also trying to uh, create their own businesses. Yeah. Um, so I came up with some, I guess, like company values, which are also kind of my personal values. And mm -hmm. my favorite two are excellence and integrity. Mm. No, well, integrity is one. Excellence and innovation. Um, integrity, of course, is important to like be authentic in who you are. But for me, excellence means doing the best that's within your control, doing the best you can. Mm -hmm. That's one thing. And then innovation is like, okay, let's take that best idea that you have and make it better. So those two for me pair really nicely where, you know, when I'm in school and when I'm an engineering student, I'm just doing the best that I can mm -hmm. <laughs> as an engineering student, whatever that means, you know, so even having the social life and then also dancing, like, but still being the best that I can. And not saying that that means I only have to study and be an engineer. That means be the best Jasmine I can be. And then innovation, adding on to that, okay, now that I'm the best Jasmine I can be, now what else can I add? What else can I, um, who else can I impact? How else can I grow? And so, like, I said, the keyboard, I've learned how to play um, last year. Just, and so was, I took a class at a community college. So super cheap got me exposed to a lot of different students um, that are all mm -hmm. like my age, which is pretty cool going to a community college. So always still growing, but then, yeah, always doing the best, do at least the best you can, you know, yep. do the best you can and then do better than that. All right. Well, thank you, Ms. Sadler, for joining us this evening. Thank you for sharing your, your wisdom and continuing to inspire people like me and other kids to continue to pursue STEM and continue to follow their passions through. Uh, so to all of you listening out there, if you want to find out more information about Ms. Sadler, I'm going to post the link to her websites and to her socials down in the description below. If you want to find out more about me, uh, you can follow me at Greg Talks on Instagram. You could also press that subscribe button down below and also comment to engage with us uh, to maybe ask me some questions that you would like me to further elaborate on and discuss in a future podcast or uh, another interview with Ms. Sadler later down the line. Uh, thank you and have a good rest of your day. Thank you so much.